Hi, friends. Welcome to Break the Ice podcast, where the illusions covering our evolution are shattered, bringing together amazing guests and episode dialogue that dive deep into what it means to live a life of self-agency and harnessing the power of a decisive heart. Our topics range from stories around leadership, sales, business, entrepreneurship. All right, guys, I'm super excited. Here is my guest, John Pronemeyer. And he is somebody that I am super excited to have on the show because he also has Is Bites by JK, which is a podcast as well, um, where he dives into all sorts of topics business related. He's also a sales coach. And in my opinion, he is on the mission to revolutionize the sales profession. And his motto is relationships beat the cookie cutter approach to the sales systems. And that's part of the reason why I invited JK to my podcast, because he is somebody who gets this concept through and through. So I'm super excited to have him here. And I will let him tell us a little bit about his mission, which I found interesting that he uses the term sniper approach to sales. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and what does that mean? For sure. Well, first, thanks for having me, Jennifer. I was excited to get invited after having you as a guest on mine, which was tremendous. I'm excited to to launch that one. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited for you to launching yours. So congrats on the success. Thank you. So yeah, I mean, a little bit about me. Um, you know, I, I grew up down in Niagara Falls and got into sales because my father got into, I had no desire to get into sales, to be quite honest with you. I was a sports guy through and through, went to University of Montreal, played sports down there, played football and wanted to get into that avenue. And due to some, you know, unfortunate situations, we moved back, myself and my wife moved back to Ontario here, Toronto. And I asked my dad who was in the flooring business, hey, um, can I get a part-time job as sales temporarily so I can get back into sports? And 18 years later here, uh, I'm still in sales and, and I love the industry. And, and you know, what I've developed over the course of my career in now 18 years of going from a sales rep, sales professional, to management, to a leader, to a VP, it's been all about the target approach and identifying like you, Jennifer, you're different than the next guest that's going to be on my podcast. And I'm different than the, the next guest that's going to be on yours. And what I found that the success that's always been with me is every person that I've worked with, every person that I've worked for, every person that's worked for me, and especially our customer base are all completely different. And if you go into business or you go into anything with a shotgun approach, here's a mass email. I'm going to send it out to 10,000 people and I'm going to hope one or two or five or 10 get back to me. It's the shotgun approach. It's the cookie cutter approach. And for me, it was all about targeting that particular person, their challenges, their obstacles, their mindset, and really developing a system that works for them, a sales opportunity that works for them, a sales process that works for them. And I developed the sniper approach and it kind of stuck in every organization that I work through and everybody that's worked with me or for me have all kind of fallen under that, um, that, that category of this is the sniper approach. What's your sniper approach today? What's your, what's your approach to targeting this particular customer? And it's, it seems to work because like I said, you know, everybody has a different mindset 
when they get into a, a sales process. And as soon as you can identify it and you can put the proper plan together, you're going to win more deals. And that's kind of where it started. Wow. wow. I absolutely love that. That is fantastic. I would say that that is approach in for business in general, uh, you know, in marketing and sales that just absolutely um, cuts through that noise. It, cuts, it really just cuts through the kind of stuff where, you know, like you said, you can't just treat everybody the same because everybody's position along the line of what they're looking for is different. Yeah. One person might be at the very beginning of the line struggling with one aspect. Somebody else might be, you know, 10 steps down the road struggling with a completely different obstacle or a different thing that they're looking for. So to sit there and think that one approach is going to satisfy where everybody's at. I always say, meet the customer where they're at or meet the prospect where they're at. Yeah. If you don't know where they're at down through the line. How do you expect to connect with them right away? How do you expect to, to catch their attention? So that is, that is the big deal here. That is breaking the ice. You know, that's connecting with them where it matters, where they're going to see, holy cow, this person's like reading my mind. Like they know where I'm at. So that's, that's really, really cool. And you know what the big thing too is, is, is you may have a customer that has the same problem as another customer. And if you look at your old particular industry, right, you, you were in the services industry and, and you may have a customer that, yep, they have the same problem as customer X, but how, how they are as an individual when you're sitting there meeting with them, the proposal might be the same, but how you get to that proposal could be different. And I learned that too from the sports. You know, sports for me was a real big identifier on how each person within that club or organization acts, responds, performs. And if you look at a hockey team, I played football, I played hockey as well, but football, there in Canada, there's 12 people on the field. Okay. I know in the US, there's 11, so I'll correct you guys, but up here, there's 12. We need the extra help. But those 12 people, there's O-linemen, there's a quarterback, there's a receiver, and they all act differently. They all absorb information differently. They all perform differently. You can't expect the quarterback to do what a lineman does and vice versa. But how that coach, that sales leader, if you will, develops a playbook, it's the same play. But each talent, each person, each response is different. And that's the way you got to approach it. And that's the way I've always approached sales is, and leadership is everybody's different. And you need to, as a coach or as a leader, identify what those challenges or obstacles are in that human being, and then put that to, to put that plan together. That's going to be the most effective way of getting your message across. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's just it too. Like you said, there's always these common themes and these common problems. If you're target, if you if you're in a specific industry, obviously we know what the common things are, but we don't know how how our process is going to integrate into what their role is inside that organization. So like, you know, one of the best things to learn is how does this affect your specific position? You know, how is this going to impact you versus just the the company as a whole? Mm -hmm. and, and understanding where their mindset's at because their mindset is could be completely different. They might think that this is an arduous process that they don't even want to be a part of. Or they could be super excited and like be your cheerleader within like 15 minutes of having a conversation. So like that's that's why it's so important to understand where they're coming from. And the only way you're going to do that is by by getting real and asking those questions and connecting with them and say like like let's have an open, honest conversation. Yeah. Um. So we can move it to the next level. So that is really cool. I love the analogy with the sports. Um. I played soccer and my first. Uh, I played it all through since I was about five years old, all the way up through. And my first semester at college when I played. 
I went to a tiny little community college for like one semester. And the only reason why I went was to play soccer. <laughs> and there was only 11 of us on the field. So that was like crazy, 90 minutes of playing time. But um, the way I look at it too is when you're dealing with these different sets of people, there, there's something that's going on with them on a conscious level and then on a subconscious level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there might be common threads and common themes in the industry that also have those common threads as well. And you might have sit down with a sales manager or a business leader that you're consulting and say, let's sit down and identify like 15, 20 of these sort of more common conscious thoughts and subconscious thoughts leading up to, you know, why they're in the discovery phase with you and then leading up to, you know, what are their objections going to be? Because a lot of times that's where their objections are going to come from. Yep. And you hit, you hit the nail on the head there on the discovery, because if you're not doing the proper discovery with your potential customer, and I always like to say potential customer, because when you're doing a discovery, you haven't secured anything yet. If it's a sale, you're not doing the discovery. You're past that point. But if you're doing a true discovery and you're identifying the strengths, the weaknesses, the challenges, the SWAT, if you will, of that particular potential client, then you're going to devise a plan and a program and a process that's going to fit their needs, their solution requests, their aspirations. But if you don't do, and I find that there's a lot in, in, in a lot of people that I've worked for and a lot of people I've worked with did the same thing. And they just go in there with that shotgun. Here's my product. Here's my service. You need it, take it, you know, and, and it, and you may capture a customer that way. Um, but in the long run, uh, it's not a sustainable way of, of capturing new business quick. Right. Yeah. That discovery phase that's, you know, obviously they've identified a problem. Now they're out looking for a solution to their problems. So now they're in their research stage and you've got to have a really bright flashlight, you know, of saying, look at me. And we talk about key differentiators and all that sort of thing. And those are hugely important. Um, But I think during that discovery phase, one of the biggest messages that we can give to our prospects is that we're with them for the long haul. We're going to be with them after enrollment to hold them accountable, so to speak, to the product that they're buying. So knowing that they, during that discovery phase, if they can get from you, that there's going to be a sense of security, then they're going to build that trust and they'll stop looking at everybody else and just see that bright flashlight that you have. Now, those are tough things to curate much easier when you're doing in person, harder with email. <laughs> Very much so. Very um, much. Yeah. But, but again, one more reason to break the ice and get on the phone and talk to people or target their, them specifically, like you said, with whatever emails that you're going to write. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, Oh, ooh, they're speaking to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess it kind of rolls into how I would like to know how you may have overcome personal obstacles in your career, uh, where you found maybe that you had fear, self-doubt. This kind of gets into the self-agency part of Break the Ice because I'm trying to bring tools and strategies to my audience of how they can be better versions of themselves Mm -hmm. and how they can learn to navigate through um, leading a life of self-agency. And when you're dealing, when I have a guest who's, you know, a fellow entrepreneur who's been in sports, who's done all these things, who's worked, you know, with 
others to help them reach the levels of success that they need to lead to, certainly you've, you've come across where you've got some kind of modalities, some kind of tools in the toolbox where you've been able to overcome fear, self-doubt, you know, and move forward. Is there anything kind of big and shiny that sticks out for you? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a few things. I, I, I will start by saying, I think a large part of my success has been that I am fearful every day that something is going to happen. And and I think there's that fear that needs to stay within you that gives you that driving factor to continue to accelerate and exceed your expectations. And, you know, every, when I was not leading, but I was being led every meeting I went to, I thought I was going to get fired. So I worked my butt off to continue to drive sales, to accelerate because that, and I still had that internal fear that I wasn't doing a good enough job. And so, you know, what I decided to do when I got into leading is I, I really tried to instill that empathy, that communication uh, line right away with my team. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think that managers tend to manage and leaders tend to lead. And if you can lead that, you can break down those lines of communication. You can break down those. Um, you can you can create that radical candor relationship between yourself and your employee or your customer where you continuously have to understand what you can do better, what you're doing really well and what gaps you're not filling. And so, and I think there's a, there's a, a, a fine line between all three of those because what you're doing not well is something that you're doing. That's self-improvement. That might be team improvement, whatever it may be, but that's something that you have to fix what you're not doing is a gap and that needs to be filled. That's not necessarily you've done something wrong, but you need to fill that gap. And what you're currently doing well is something that you can continue to do. And as soon as you can identify those with either people that work for you, your customer base, your colleagues, uh, those are the, those are the barriers that can continue to accelerate you as a person and accelerate the sales process and accelerate your business. And those fears that I had of not knowing what I was doing wrong, knowing that I, I could get fired and knowing that my team could quit on me any day because I'm not being a good manager or a good leader, or my customer will find another opportunity because it's been transactional um, relationship. It never was. I, I, it was always a great, strong relationship, but I always felt that I had to continuously improve that. I always had to be there. I had to know what I was doing wrong. And those fears, as soon as you get comfortable in an environment where you aren't asking the questions on what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and what I'm not doing at all, um, that's when business will go away. That's when team team members will drop off. That's when leadership will start to identify you as perhaps there's something that we need to have a conversation about. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, I guess the short answer of it is, is continuously have that fear of you're not doing good enough. If you continue to have that fire uh, and or that fear, that fire will continue to burn and it'll push you to continuously ask the right questions, break down those lines of communication and, or those, those barriers of communication and create a candid relationship with your customer. That's, what's going to drive you to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And like, I can relate to that as well. Like, I think my biggest fear is just fear of not continuing to grow. 
So like, what can I do today to get a little bit better as a human being, you know, as being the best version of myself? Because really, I think all in all, every single person on the face of the planet is after one thing every single day. And that's just to, to be better, like something to be better. Right. So, you know, like I just did this and this is great, but how do I make it better? Or how do I get that better thing or this better scenario for myself? So that's so true. And when we're talking about, you know, on the back end of once this relationship has been formed, you know, now we, we have a responsibility to each other in that relationship to make it happen still. And that definitely requires some kind of feedback loop on a regular basis. And you can do that systematically. And then inside the system, it can be super authentic. Yeah. And that's where I think that sort of like science meets art when it comes to business. It's like there's a science to it, but then there's like an art form in there. And that's, you know, huge. Yeah, that's that's so, so interesting. And I think, too, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and if your audience, um, if there's a, an entrepreneur in your audience that is listening to this because, you know, you look at yourself, Jennifer. I mean, you've you've left the company. You're starting your own. You're starting a podcast. If you didn't have that, that hunger or that, however we want to word it, I call it fear. Some may articulate it in a different manner, but if you didn't have that drive, let's call it drive. Cause I think we can all, all parties can agree on that. Then you're not really a true entrepreneur. You're, you're not, it's not going to work. And th- there's, there's lots of us out there that are not, and that's okay. Um, nobody, not everybody likes to take a risk and not everybody has that drive and passion in order for that risk to turn into reward. But if you're a true entrepreneur, you have to have that daily fear of getting up and your inbox being empty. There's no customers reaching out. There's no there's no proposals going out today. You have to have that. And yeah. when you have that, it won't. There'll be opportunities there. But it's that drive that's going to keep moving you forward. Yes, absolutely. Um, for sure, that drive and also just the idea that you know, you have this drive, but, but I think as entrepreneurs too, too, also, you have a really good sense of responsibility within yourself mm. because it's that, it's that whole feeling of like, you just were talking about it. Did I do enough? You know, did, did, you know, should I check on them again? Should I, you know, reach out? It, it's that, that it is, it's that gnawing sensation at the back of your head that like, am I like doing everything I should be doing? Because if I'm not, you know, it's my, it's like directly related to me every way, which way you can think about it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, I've definitely go through that on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, but that's for me, that's part of the fun too. That's part of the, the adrenaline rush. You know, um, one of the reasons why I like sales so much is it's almost like getting high every time you make a sale, like, right. like realistically, and like, if it's, if I go through a little bit of a dry spell, I start, you know, I've started to feel like, oh my gosh, like I need to make a sale. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Feel, and to, <laughs> to feel better. <laughs> Give me something. Give me a win today. And I, you know, and, yeah. and I had that day actually two days ago, I sat down and I poured a glass of wine. I said, geez, man, today was awful. Nobody got back to me. I got no responses, this, that, and everything else. And, and those days are going to happen. But I think that you know, and you're going to have a lot of guests. I know some of the guests that you have coming up and they're big names and they're amazing thought leaders and they're very uh, driven on the authenticity and the hearts and, and the emotion side of, of, of what sales is and what could be. And there is, that is a massive component on 
on success. And I've always been more on the tactical side. My relationships are authentic. They're real. They're deep with my customers. Um, but that's because tactically I've, I've always done what's needed to be done in order to get there. And so when you look at why you don't have a, a win today, or you look at why you're not getting responses, did I set my task follow-up for one week and it should be for two days? Did, did I leave too much of a gap in there? And that all comes down to, again, we go back to that, that discovery, you know, and, and I know it's hard when you don't have that first dialogue, email connection, first Zoom call, whatever, maybe your phone call. But when you have those opportunities for the discovery, you got to know that where are they in the buying window? What, you know, what is the true follow? What's the right follow-up? How to set that forward and and make sure that you're actively doing that. If you're dire salesperson, okay, really trying to grow your business and you're a, you're a true entrepreneur, those are things that um, instinctively, I think in, in some ways will be there. And then tactically, you need to just refine and refine and refine in order for you to continuously grow the, the business. And, and I think that it's, um, I think it's important for, for people to understand that failure is not because your customer didn't get back to you. Failure is something that happened in that process um, or not happening in that process is typically what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much to be said in there um, to have consistency with follow-up and consistency with your connection. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, um, I mean, I've been in situations where, you know, as the buyer, I'm like, oh, these daily emails, they're a little bit killing me. But at the same time, you know, there might've been two or three over the course of two weeks that did strike a chord. And then yeah. the next thing, you know, I'm, I'm clicking through into the funnel, but it's, it's true. I don't think that, I think that there is testing that goes on with that to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've, what I found pretty much the bottom line is, is to be as consistent as possible and try and stay on track of everything as tactically as much as possible, because I've definitely had a lot of sales slip away because of wearing so many hats in the company and then not dedicating enough time to follow up. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like not to, you know, make excuses, obviously, but um, that it's so crucial to have that stuff set up. Uh, And, um, you know, for me personally, I got really good, good with it after I read Selling Boldly by Alex Goldfein, Mm -hmm. because he has some great tactics in that book for for really spreading all that stuff out and also for getting referrals. Yeah. It's another huge thing about communication. Yes. Um, Okay. So let's see. Are there any big switch moments lately in your career that has led to more what I call heart decisive action? So this is, again, getting back to you a little bit more personally. Mm-hmm. Are there anything, you know, with everything that's been going on in 2020, I know that this has been sort of a common question for people to try and dig out of each other. But I know for me, I have. So um, not that it has to be related to, to COVID or anything, but is there is there anything kind of right now in your life that has, has been sort of a big point of clarity for you where you're taking some some inspired action? Yeah, it's a great question um, because as tactical as I've always been, um, I'm an emotional character and I get, uh, I don't like to use the word frustrated, Jennifer, but um, I get almost in some ways offended when I see content 
or information or the way people are conducting or doing business um, that jeopardizes the view of people in sales. And so the one thing that I've found that's pulled on my heartstrings a little bit since COVID is the amount of information that has now been put out there. And I think people are taking what our industry really is in sales. And, you know, and, and I think you're in a, you're in a sales driven company, you're an entrepreneur, you need sales. And so, you know, when we look at it from a, a sales process, and that could be any which way um, in selling from widgets to services to whatever it may be flooring. Um, when you overcomplicate the sales process, it becomes a bother to me because I, I think that there's a lot of information and it's convoluted in a lot of ways. There's a lot of great information. Don't get me wrong, but there is a lot of information and everybody has all of a sudden become an expert and they could, they could put me into that bucket. Well, John, you've been in sales and now all of a sudden you think you're an expert. The difference that I find in a lot of the thought leaders that are out there, and I don't consider myself a thought leader, but somebody that I, w- I will consider myself is somebody that's been in sales for 18 years and I've seen highs and lows and I've had success. And a lot of the, the thought leaders that, that have had the same kind of journey as me, we all kind of have this common agreeance that there's, it's not that complicated, sales. It's not. And if you're reading too much that's out there, you're going to get blinded by content. And I, and I use that term because there's so much, and I get it too, so much information that's coming. And there's so much information to be read now. And there's this blog and there's that blog and there's sales hacker and there's this, there's that. And you could find content to read every minute of the day if you want. Um, and everybody, there's new people coming on. And so What's really bothered me and really what took me to that level of developing my podcast and getting more vocal on social media is is that, is there's too much of it. And there's a lot of good stuff. I will repeat it. There is a lot of good stuff. But don't overcomplicate what the process is. What your process is different than somebody else's process. And so my podcast and the guests that I have on, like yourself, are proven successful people that didn't overcomplicate it, but just stay true to what they know has worked. And yes, you take bits and pieces and you could always self-improve, but stay true to what has worked for you. Don't try to reinvent your whole damn process. Yeah. You don't need to. Yes, there's better ways to prospect. Yes, there's better ways of, of maybe closing a relationship quicker. Take, take some of that information and, and use it. But to read a book and say, this is the way I'm going to go at it now, I've seen a lot of it. And I see a lot of people doing that. I've read this book, ABC, and this is the way I'm going to go and approach the sales process and completely different than what I've done. I just find that it's, I I find there's a lot of it, a lot of it's incorrect. And that's kind of where I brought myself to really start to focus on. Let's simplify it. Let's bring it back to basics here, guys and girls. It's not really, really that deep. And so the the information that I put out, and if you read it, it's there's no six syllable words in there. There's no, you know, dynamic modular movement of intricacy systems. Like it's very, it's very simple. You know, call on your customer and 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 be consistent. Um, yeah. You know, uh, pick up a phone and, mm-hmm. and have a conversation. You know, yes, tar- yes, target a specific weakness and go try to to help them with it. It's not, it's not hard. 
Um, and so that's, that's kind of been, that was a big thing for me. A big switch was I have to step out of my comfort zone, get on social media. I hated it. I was not comfortable with it, but I did it. Um, because I felt like I had to, I had to contribute a little bit back to just to bring things back to basics a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? That's like, we, we are the same. (laughs) Like that's literally exactly what I started doing on social media was I was just like, man, there is so much noise out there. And my whole, my whole approach to business in general, and when I'm dealing with clients, especially, um, is that business is simple. Mm-hmm. Business is actually pretty simple. Yeah. And, you know, there might be some levels of complexity within some of the systems, but the overarching foundations of the systems are very simple. You know, like, for instance, for sales, for me, it's like, be real, be authentic, be bold, and build a relationship. Yep. And a relationship means there's responsibility after the fact, you know, so you're going to hold them accountable. Yeah. Your own customer, your own client, you have to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. Like that's you doing your job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever modalities you have to put in for yourself, and this might come down the, the line from a boss or a manager, you know, spreadsheets and all this other stuff and CRMs and all of the crazy complicated stuff that we're talking about. As long as you in yourself have some kind of simple modality to keep track of it all. Yeah. And maybe that's a to-do list of six things per day and that's it. Yeah. And if those six things get done and like literally that's it. Yeah. So real being realistic is another huge component. And what's more realistic than just like, oh, I'm gonna call, call them on the phone. <laughs> like, yeah. Check on things, you know, like yeah. <laughs> take five minutes, five minutes out of your day. And it's so simple. Yeah. So I love, I love that you do that. And and I think we can do that with with leadership too. Leadership is also much, much more simple. I mean, again, there's complexities to it, but at the end of the day, there's like these very, you know, five, six key areas that if you just focus on those, you know, you're going to, you're going to grow yourself and you're going to grow your team right along the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And it, um, and I think there's a space for new young leaders. I, I interviewed Andy Paul and he's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant mind and a great thought leader. And, you know, Andy was very quick to say, there's a lot of thought leaders that are out right now that are are looking at it from a traditional view that has worked for them for 20, 25 years. And that's not wrong. But for someone like yourself or some of the younger generations that are coming through that have had success in sales, the industry in some ways, even though there's a lot of noise, it's still, there's a lot of space for young, different views on on what has worked and again i think the message though from all of us is this is what has worked for me and if you look at my my posts it's i always lead with you know this is my opinion and i've had people comment me back that's wrong and that's not as i stated in my opening line this is my opinion this has worked for me try it if you want but if it's not going to be at you know if it doesn't move along your sales process then don't do it it's just what's worked for me and and i think that if we approach it that way then there's validity to it and there's an arena for all of us to have have space in but um i find that there's a lot of people now that are just trying to kind of reinvent what they wrote 15 years ago in a book or 10 years ago in a book and they're just kind of repressing it into different ways, but it's the same messaging. And um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure um, I, I'm a believer in, in, in all of it. Like I said, there's some that are good and there's some that 
I think just kind of overcomplicated a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree on that. Um, one thing that I do find interesting that I've, I've sort of liked now with the more, the way things have gone is I like the alignment now of marketing messaging in the sales approach. Um, I feel like in our company, you know, I obviously curated kind of both ends of that, but it, it's, it's fun to see how those key differentiators that marketing is going to, again, shine the light on in, in your sales process, you can keep those things sort of at the forefront. So if you feel like there's, again, like you talk about what there's those gaps or those holes where you could sort of plug, plug them in and, and, you know, say, oh, well, you know, there's this and there's that. And I mean, you know, we're talking about value, obviously, but um, I feel like when those are simply aligned, so again, a simplistic approach, mm-hmm. three, four bullet points, right? Marketing shouldn't be 15,000 different bullet points. Yeah. We're talking human beings is the attention you're trying to grab, right? So human beings like a couple things, a yeah. <laughs> couple choices, you know? Um, so again, two, three, four major things. And if both those teams going to be in alignment to where one, you know, they're really going off of each other, then I think that's another simple approach. And I see that happening a little bit more, yep. which is definitely, is definitely kind of fun to see. And I think like what you're talking about with the upcoming generation, generation Z, you know, and, and some of these kids coming up through is they, they are huge on relationship. They're huge on authenticity. Like they don't want any of the BS because, you know, BS is so all over the place. Yep that that's those are people that even more are going to see where it's simple is going to be better and real is going to be better. Absolutely. And, you know, and to, to even, even an older generation and you're going to, I think you're, you're interviewing and he's, he's my buddy, Larry Levine. Um, amazing guy, amazing guy. Now what makes him valid in my opinion, and I've told him this is he has not, been out of the sales industry for 25, 30 years, wrote a book that much longer ago and has kind of been riding that wave. Larry was a sales guy up until five years ago in the copier industry. And so was Daryl Amy and who I interviewed as well. And these guys figured out how to attack and approach sales a little bit differently with their mythology and I'm not going to rain on their parade because they, they know it better than anybody and they're going to come on your podcast and they're going to promote it. But my point is, is that they're still fresh to our arena on advice giving. And I would encourage everybody to connect with those two guys. And Mike Weinberg is an, is another one. He's kind of like my online mentor and you know, his book that was written is probably a staple. New sales simplified is, is a staple in our sales industry. Um, this probably arguably one of in the, it, one of the best sales books ever written from a tactical view and simplistic view. New sales simplified, new management simplified, and all he's to your point, all he's done is he's broken down the process into very simplistic views. Take it, use what you want, but this has worked for him. And same thing with a Larry, and same thing with a Daryl. So I think that there's there's validity regardless of what generation, but the people that have been closer to the sales process, the true sales process, and then have stepped out into the arena like yourself, like myself, like a Larry. Um, I think those are the ones you really have to listen to. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, totally agree. And you kind of hit on, I think, your next question, which is what are some of the commonalities that we're, we're kind of seeing right now from a customer perspective when they're reaching out to me, I believe. Um, and yeah. and you, you hit my answer. The common thread right now that I hear is the misalignment between marketing and sales. And Larry's book, uh, excuse me, Daryl's book is an amazing revenue growth engine. Uh, recommend it to everybody. But what he talks about is exactly that. And if you look at most companies right now, because of COVID, social uh, presence, digital presence is more vital than ever. But if the messaging isn't in line with what sales is trying to target, it's a waste of money and it's a waste of time. And you could sit there all day as a marketing manager and go out and try to generate inbound opportunities. But if you're targeting the wrong audience, you're targeting with the wrong message, what's the point? Marketing is just cash out. And so at that point, you can't put any ROI together because they're not generating the right ideal client. So I think right now, when I talk to different customers, when I talk to different people, um, I think companies need to sit down and have a sales and marketing meeting and figure out who their ideal clients are, who, what's the right approach, what's the right messaging, and go to market together. And it's the only way that you're really going to have a true, uh, a true messaging inbound and outbound sales funnel. And if you don't do that, um, it's just a waste of money. And, and I think companies waste a lot of money in marketing. Yeah, and that is the holistic approach right there. I mean, that's it right there in a nutshell. Um, you have to have that alignment. And I always, you know, I think it's really um, key for marketing to obviously get their answers directly from your current client base, right? So interview them, survey them, find out what they're what they're just cheerleaders about, you know, what they really love. And yeah. that's a huge part of, part of the process. But the other part is to sit down and interview your sales team. <laughs> You know, because they've got the behind the scenes stories like they they can shoot out those common threads and say, oh, my gosh, this, 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 this and this are like the glaring, you know, things that you want to touch on in marketing. And that'll reel them in because they know better than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, other than hearing it from the client themselves, the people that are out beating the streets and sitting down or even in, even now with Zoom, you know, and, and they're the ones that are going through all of these appointments. They're the ones that know the inside story. Yes. So that's the information that marketing wants so that they can, again, shine that flashlight on what actually matters. And it's a, that, and that is, no, go ahead. That is, no, I was just saying that is the holistic approach. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's an accountability and responsibility of both departments to align. And what I mean by that is, too often, and again, you know, this is in many books, but the most recent one that I read, but it, it's it's very true in the statement. Sales will always bitch and complain about marketing not doing enough to get the messaging and the branding out into the into the arena. Marketing will always complain that sales doesn't give them enough information about this, that, and everything else. If you have a hundred customers on your podcast right now, a hundred companies that have both sales and marketing departments. And you asked the marketing team, how many have been to visit a customer, visit a customer in the field in the last 30 days? How many hands would you say that would go up? Very little. If you reverse the question to sales, 
how many of you are actively promoting the brand on social media, on your own LinkedIn profiles, on your own Instagram profiles? How many of you are doing any contribution towards marketing? And you could take that next question and say, how many of you have sat down with marketing to communicate a true message from a customer? How many hands do you think would go up? Very little. So you can't blame, sales cannot blame marketing for not doing the right job just as much as marketing cannot blame sales. They both have to be accountable for taking the actions. Sales has to be the biggest contribution towards marketing's information. They have to be. They also have to be the biggest advocate for the company on their own personal brands. Get on social media, fix your LinkedIn profile, put a photo up there. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be on there every day. You just need to clean it up and be a little bit of a brand promoter. Marketing, get out of the hot seat and get into the field. Spend a day a month, travel with a rep, figure out what the customer really, really needs. More importantly, figure out what kind of customer. Look at the common thread in those five customers you visited that day. They all have this. They all have that. They all sell that. There's your messaging. Go back yes. and put a street view. And it sounds simple, but very, very few companies do it. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it's the question of the year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently they need to hire you as a consultant. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or you, because we both get yeah. it, Jennifer. We both get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see here. A couple more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. For sure. Is what's going on with you right now? Is there anything coming down the line? Um, I know, you, you know, you've got this podcast going on too. So um, any other endeavors in the near future? Yeah. I, I mean, the podcast has been extremely fun. Um, I get questions all the time. Is it generating leads for you? And is it generating revenue? And my answer every single time is I don't care. I do the podcasting because I get to meet people like yourself and have really, really cool conversations with people that are um, just inspiring. Again, someone like yourself, it's my give back to the sales community um, that has been so amazing to me for 18 years. And so I love, I love the, the challenge of, of growing it. It's been extremely fun. Season one is coming to an end. Our 50th episode will roll out at the end of October in, in five short months, which has been great. And then season two will start in November. So, so that's exciting stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of starting to get more heavily involved in um, sales coaching and training with some organizations. Uh, it's been a real big interesting challenge because selling a product or a service is different than helping somebody sell a product or service. So um, I've, I've been, you know, challenged to hone in on my coaching skills again. Um, but it's been, it's been extremely fun and, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really good to hear. Um, that, that would definitely be exciting. All right. So where can people reach out to you to learn more? Um, you got your podcast they can subscribe to, which we'll put in the show notes, um, yep. LinkedIn. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn would probably be the best way to connect with me or, uh, they could visit my website, which is JK at J Crony K J K R O N Y.com. Um, and you could schedule an appointment on there or, uh, or email me through that as well. Awesome. All right. I'll put that in the show notes. So fantastic. Um, this has been really, really fantastic. So I have one final 
question for you, and then I promise I'll let you go. (laughs) (laughs) Final question. What is your conviction and focus here on planet Earth? Yeah, this is... um... I've been I've been anxious to to talk about this question. It's a great question, first of all. Um, if you design the question to get people to think and really really dig deep a little bit emotionally, uh, well done. So, my my conviction I, I had to think about this one, and, and the reason I had to think about it is because what a conviction really truly is, right? Which is a belief or a faith that is unshakably. Um, you, you can't break it. It's, it's something that you just truly believe in. It doesn't matter what somebody says uh, or acts or however way, it's something that is a foundational principle to you. And so when I grew up as a kid, my parents had a great childhood, but my parents were um, extremely uh, diligent on making sure that every day I was accountable for myself, accountable for certain aspects of um, my friends being a good friend, being a good family member, being a good brother. And as I started to grow up, that accountability um, has stuck with me. And in, in a lot of ways, it's been um, a, a, the most contribution towards my personal and professional success. Um, I'm accountable every single day. I get up to my family I'm accountable every single day to my parents. I'm accountable to my friends. I don't. Um, I don't believe that anyone that is truly successful in life, and I will use that word life, and that's personal and professional, um, without an accountability instinct or measurement inside them, um, is not really that successful. Uh, balls will drop. Things will go away. Uh, people will fall off. Uh, relationships will break. And so for me, you know, my, my foundation is, is accountability every day. I'm accountable to everyone. I, I will work harder than anyone because I feel like I have to be accountable to my team and I have to do those things. I will be accountable to my family. More importantly, um, it's probably the single biggest uh, value uh, that will crack my foundation if you are not accountable back to me, um, both in the family and in professionally. It's probably the biggest thing that we argue about um, at home when the kids aren't accountable towards their chores. Um, and typically speaking, you know, um, I've lost friends and I've lost employees or colleagues because they were not accountable back to me. Um, it's a it's a thing that I hold most value towards myself, and and I. Um, I appreciate when somebody has that uh, respect back towards me. So that would be my underlying conviction and focus for me as a human being would be um, the accountability measurement. Wow. I really, really love that, John. That is, that is so amazing. Um, I think that if somebody's finding, cause I, I have a special relationship with accountability as well, because um, as an entrepreneur, you go through the ups and downs and there's days where you avoid it you procrastinate and you try and get around accountability. Um, and, and really at the end of the day, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. And from a viewpoint of talking about the self and having self agency, part of that is knowing yourself really well and knowing what you don't want in your life. And I found that if there's something that you're trying to avoid being accountable for, that might be something that you need to change in your life because accountability ultimately should be easier than the way it sounds, you know, it sounds like sort of this negative connotation where really it's not negative 
connotation. All it is, is it means that you've made an agreement either with yourself or with somebody else to have a specific result, right. you know, or a specific outcome. And if that outcome is trust with your family, with a spouse, if that outcome is um, work, you know, or whatever it is, that's really what it comes down to. So if you can't have that, then there's something there that's that you would need to look at. So I think for, for what I'm getting from you, having this conviction of accountability is sort of like your ultimate, like life filter, like, you know, like you can base so many things off of that. Yeah. And like, you know, and if, and if there's an accountability partner going on, which a lot of times is our personal relationships and sometimes business relationships, like you said, if that other person isn't going to hold up their end of the bargain, um, that's going to be a time waster for you. It it is. And, you know, know, a, a a conviction could be faith. It could be, it could be various, um, Various things to people, but you still got to be accountable towards them. Yeah. You can't wake up one day and be like, I'm, I'm faithful to, to Jesus today, but tomorrow, I, I don't know, maybe I will be, I, I don't know. I mean, there's accountability in, in everything we do. And I, uh, it's something that a lot of people can live with the fact that I had a task or I woke up late today or whatever it may be. And I wasn't accountable to what I had to get done. There's a lot of people that can live with that. Mm-hmm. I cannot. It, it irks, bothers, eats, whether I drop the ball on myself or somebody dropped the ball on me, or I drop the ball towards that affects somebody else. It eats me every single day and every single time. And so that's how I kind of know that every single day when I get up, um, my accountability light switch turns on and what do I have to do? Where am I in my goals? I want to be CEO of my own company or, you know, we use a hypothetical, but whatever it may be um, by the time I'm 50 years old, what are you doing today on your accountability measurements to get towards that goal? Um, drop the ball. Can you live with that? What if you don't attain your goals? And so that's, yeah, that, that to me is the most impactful trait that I've had. Um, and it was instilled in me from the time that I could walk, be accountable, do your chores, get your stuff done. I mean, I remember when I went to college, not a lot of people know this story, but, um, year two in football, I was, I was like done. It was overwhelming. I was struggling in school. I was away from home. Um, and I remember my father, you know, and, 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 and I thank God he did, but he goes, you made a commitment you're accountable to that commitment. You were not going to give up. You were not going to quit, be responsible and be accountable. And I, re- I remember that conversation in the living room of my home in Niagara Falls when I came home on spring break. And so it was instilled in me. And I think it's just a vital component to, to my success. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's for you, you know, from what it sounds is that this is sort of like a, a disciplined modality that you have. So this is instilled a way for you to be the best version of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And show up as big. Yeah. You know, and that's ultimately what what makes you a great man. So kudos. That is fantastic. Thank you. I really like it. That is very, very fun to learn. <laughs> um, okay. So this has been really, really great. And I want to thank you for being on the show. And if there's anything else you would like to add, if not, I am all set. No, thanks so much for having me. And I do truly wish you the best. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. There you have it, friends. That was some ice breaking tools right there for you. 
Now my ask is that you go create some space for yourself. Think about what resonated with you during that episode and go see how you can apply it in your own life. Or please, at least go share it with the world. Thank you as always. Feel free to stop on by www.breaktheiceco.com and subscribe to get updates and all kinds of freebie giveaways. Thank you all. Love you all.